Calling all creators, welcome to the Creator Landscape Podcast, the podcast that connects you with the most successful creators and industry leaders in the business. And now, please welcome your host, Jake Pearson. Welcome back to the podcast where we explore the creator economy and how you can succeed in it as a creator. Now, our guest today is the owner of Legacy Creative with over 15 years experience helping authors and creators build their brands and make money from their ideas. Now we have Andrea Reindel. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. How are you? Perfect. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and I am amazing today. Oh, that is so good. And I'm really pumped today to talk to you about things brand building, what is brand, monetization uh, as like a creator like i'm sure there's I've, I've always got a million questions but i would like to get the audience to just get to know you a little bit more can you talk a bit about your background for the next few minutes yeah for sure so when i first started my career in this career where i'm at now i started working with authors helping them promote their books primarily to new york times wall street journal usa today bestsellers i was working with company that that's what they did and therefore i got to work with these really established authors and what I really quickly learned within the first couple of meetings with some pretty successful nonfiction authors is that their book was the beginning of a journey and a relationship between them and their prospective clients. And so that meant that their book was really a giant attraction magnet to have clients come into their online and in-person universe and start to be, have a relationship with that author. And so all of that is really what started my career in brand building. And I, I realized at the time that I've always been really attuned to brands. Like I've always been really attuned to experiences, whether it's at a restaurant or a spa or a shopping experience or whatever it is, that the real little details have always fascinated me and I pay attention to them. I'm really attuned to them. So it just seemed like a natural fit for me to start working with people who ideas. And then since then I've worked in all kinds of different arena, arenas with idea-based people, helping them build profitable businesses, basically selling most of the time, like coaching programs, events, products that are digital. And really what it all comes down to is creating community traffic. So that's kind of a little bit of a history of how I've been for you. Yeah, I really love that. Thank you for sharing. So there's a bit to unpack there. I would like to sort of start with the one thing you just finished on, which is building a community, because I think that leads to the monetization side of things later on. Uh, and I think this is a good sort of foundation for the episode. What's your, how would you describe building a community? What does building a community mean to you? So building a community to me really is a tribe of people and humans that all share usually common values and interests and things that they all get along on. Um, and that there's that you, the creator have influence over those people. So of course this, I don't know if you watch this right now, there seems to be like a rise in information on cults. And so like there's a bunch of TV shows on cults and podcasts on cults and books about cults. And so I'm not really talking about like the negative connotation to cults, but when you think about it, community is a group of people who share values and that tend to have influence over each other. And as the creator, you tend to really want to be the person that has influence over your community to the best of your ability. And I will preface this with saying, I also work largely with like personal and business development. So where we can kind of like tip the needle to be, you know, make the world a better place. That's where I like to spend my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where do you see sort of creators, authors, those ideas, sort of driven people who are trying to build these businesses or whatever for themselves? 
where are you seeing them have the most success and build their their communities compared to those who are really struggling to get their community or their following off the ground? Yeah. So um, we were talking about this before about frameworks and how can people find the best version of themselves in building community. So the first mistake I see people make, which is not really relevant to the framework in a second, but the first mistake I see people make is not being consistent, right? Not giving something enough time and not being consistent and maybe bouncing all over the place. That's a way to just confuse your people because your people don't know if they fit or they don't fit with you. So that's not being consistent, not giving it enough time. Those two things go hand in hand. The other thing I see though, a lot of times is people not really embracing all of who they really are so that they can be that consistently. And I think usually that's the reason for them not being consistent is because they're not really like embracing who they are or they don't have some sort of framework to work off of. So um, I think you and I talked about this before that the framework is something that helps people identify maybe who they are as a creator mm. and how they can go forward in building the best tribe possible. Okay. And so could you give us an example of like the framework itself and how a creator can then understand who they are as a person to then best create content that is aligned with them? Because I yeah. definitely see, and I've experienced this as well, where I've created content and I really love that content, but then at some point it didn't feel really authentic to me. I would think I was forcing myself to produce that content because people were engaging with it. But I was like, oh, but I have other things I want to talk to, but they weren't getting the engagement or response that I thought. So I was like, oh, I can't talk about that part of myself. Nobody's interested. Can you speak on that? Yeah, for sure. So this is an oversimplified framework and by no means am I telling people exactly what to do, but it is at least like a direction you could go. Yeah. So the first category of like expert or framework that I see is the person who is a deeply researched actual expert. So we're talking people who are maybe like therapists, psychologists, mm -hmm. professors at university. They have years and years and years of historical evidence and research that they want to put out into the world. So a good example of that is like Brene Brown. And somebody who, you know, her platform is largely based on her clinical research and all of her information around, you know, vulnerability and leadership and all of that. Now she's taken the umbrella of vulnerability and been able to kind of bridge out from that. But for the most part, she shares her research mixed with some personal stories. The second kind is the kind that I really like to call the people that are like just living their life full out. And if you think about them, they're the people who are like, hey, here's my day. This is what's real for me right now. This is what's going on in my world. And while they typically tend to have a bit of a theme to what they talk about, they're really just showing their mess to the world. Like your mess is your, there's a really catchy saying, like your message is your mess or something like that, or your mess is your message. You know, like they're just the people that are like, hey, this is why I'm in, this is what I'm living. And typically what those people really need to be is as authentic as possible and just kind of now, of course, you have to be willing to be out there and on all the time. <laughs> a great example of that is Glennon Doyle. So she's written several books. She's got a whole business around it. And for the most part, Glennon doesn't pretend, she, she one, doesn't pretend to be an expert. She's just living her life. And then she shows her like antidotes of life and how that works for her. And then the third type of expert that I see that works really well to build a tribe and a community is someone who does a particular job or kind of work on a regular basis. And what they're doing is they're sharing their in the trenches lessons. That's what I call them. Like they're people that you want to take advice from because they've done the work. They're still doing the work. They're showing what they do. So this is a lot of like how to type stuff, like how to be a great copywriter, 
you probably want to learn copywriting from someone who's still currently writing copy and has written copy for a number of different businesses over time or how to build a really profitable business. Hopefully that person has built multiple really profitable businesses and they've helped other people build really profitable businesses. Then you're willing to like listen to them and take their advice because they're showing you that like what's working down in the trenches kind of information. So I like to put my my clients into one of those three categories because it starts to direct like the energy of the brand and where they put their focus and what they start to make note of and what they share and they don't share and how comfortable they are. They aren't with whatever it is that they're as they build a community, they're also becoming a style of leader for that community. I'm just starting to think like, so you got your, let's say your psychologists and those who are really heavily focused on research, people that just love to share a day in their life and everything that's going on and what they're learning. And then those who are very, like they're in the trenches, they're learning or they're doing an active role. Let's say they're a marketer and they're teaching what they're learning as they go. I'm thinking like you could have a little bit of a bleed over between, or like all of them could be a bit of a bleed over, but it's good to sort of narrow yourself understand the role you are in or the the framework you're in first as a creator pursue that and then cross over in yeah, areas so, as you figure that out later yeah you totally can have a bleed over and it's not that you can't have a bleed over but what i find people sometimes do at the beginning of starting their career like their career around this is they try to be everything to everybody Mm-hmm. And then they kind of just look like a, what I call a Franken brand. Like they're just sort of like patched together weirdly and people don't know what to, what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most fascinating things, and this still fascinates me on a regular basis for the record, is that one thing about communities is they start to sort of be trained and they have an expectation of us. And therefore we kind of can set that expectation from the beginning. I still find this fascinating. I do a lot of email marketing. And when a list is trained, they're like, well, people on this list only spend $200, you know? So then you email them an offer that's $2,000 and it doesn't convert, but you email them an offer that's $2,200 and it works. Like it fascinates me that we sort of train audiences that way. So what I like about the framework when you're starting is it helps you figure out who you are a little faster and your audience figure out who you are a little faster. Once you build rapport and trust with them, then you can sort of bleed over a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway this segment here for new creators or anyone who is looking to put themselves out there online in front of the world and they're not sure what type of content they should be posting, giving them that sort of rough idea of the category that they can fit in based off what they do with their life and their work or whatever it is, can then really help tunnel vision and narrow their focus. So it's a lot easier to control their narrative going forward. Yeah. And the other thing is too, like, if you're not a researched expert, Mm. don't pretend to be one because that's when you're going to get called out on your BS. Like there's Mm -hmm. just, there's so many people right now in the world that have a voice and a platform that they've never had before. And I think viewers and listeners and readers and people who are part of your community, whether you're a writer or YouTuber or whatever, they, their BS meters are high. And so like, if you are not being authentic and you're pretending to be someone you're not, you are not going to attract a tribe because they're just not going to resonate with you. You're going to come off as like all over the place and not really, really you. And, you know, I, I ask kids like, so you're going to laugh at this, that I've only known about Mr. Beast for, I'm probably like the last person on the planet to know about Mr. Beast. Mm -hmm. It was not many years ago that I'm like, who is this dude? But I ask little kids all the time, what do you like about Mr. Beast? Cause he's got such broad appeal. And they almost always just come back to, I don't know, he seems cool. Like, they just are like, he seems real. So even though he's all over the place with whatever content he creates, it's pretty real to him. Like, he's just like, Mm. 
pay on me. Take it, leave it, whatever. You know? Yeah. And there was something I can speak to because when I was speaking a lot about uh, my personal self-confidence, self-esteem and anxiety, which I built up like a, a little bit of a following, maybe under 100,000 people were engaged with that on TikTok. There were times where I tried to position myself as an expert when I wasn't and I framed the video in the wrong way and I would get called out and then I'd feel bad. I'm like, well, hang on, I am not an expert. But then when I position myself as this is my learning experience, this is my lived experience, this is what I've learned from this, take what you want, I got a lot more authentic engagement, people like really resonating with it and talking to me about this, asking questions because I wasn't trying to be the expert that they just wanted to know, hey, from your lived experience, how did you cope with this and asking a bunch of questions? And that was where the engagement was for me. And now you're just sort of bringing that to the forefront of my mind. I'm like, I can see where I went wrong trying to position myself as something that I wasn't. And when I aligned myself with the, the lived experience, this is what I'm going through. I'm a bit in the trenches. This is the day of my life. That resonated really heavily with the people that wanted to engage with that. And then that's what they showed up to expect. And every time I try to position myself outside of that, crickets or, you know, they're being abusers. Yeah. And you could like, okay, so in that example, you knowing that that's what you lead with is this is my lived experience and my like messy story in the middle, whatever mm. that is. People are going to resonate with that. It gives you then the opportunity from a business model standpoint to start thinking about, okay, so one way you can get to the expert experts is you can approach them and interview them. And mm. then the, in the trenches expert, you know, the therapist who works with, there's a very big difference between somebody who writes books about anxiety. And they understand clinically the way anxiety works and a therapist who spends six hours a day talking to six different people about their anxiety, they're going to have really different perspectives. You in the middle, as the person just like living experience, you can go find all those people and bring them together, interview them from your experience. And a, you're going to learn a lot about yourself, but B you're going to be, your audience will still vibe with that because you're not pretending to be somebody you're not. Yeah. And. I think we talked about this off camera before, while I was setting this episode up and I pitched this idea to you that I went through this exact scenario and I thought, wow, I wish I had known this two years ago when I was really in the trenches doing that kind of content. I've since moved away from that, but I think that is a great example of someone who is a coach with or that wants to be a coach and wants to share through their lived experience and they're yeah. not sure how to monetize and they think I just need to do coaching. That is an awesome idea as well. Um, yeah. What are some other examples that people in the space like you're say you're a TikTok or Instagram creator or someone who is just sharing the lived experience wants to help people with their problems the same way they've grown and, and developed through their own stuff. What are some ways that they could potentially monetize their following? Yeah. So some of the ways, depending on, um, this is something that I didn't actually, it's a, it's a friend of mine in the industry that tests for this when she runs traffic and she tests are your audience readers, listeners, or watchers. Okay which is interesting because I had would have not thought to test that way, but it is true. So like if you have an audience that's readers and you're a writer because you work with books and like that, a lot of my people yeah. tend to be readers because they write books and that means people read. There's ways you can monetize through even like Substack, you know, and be, if you're a, if you're a lived experience person and you're not only sharing your stories, but maybe also sourcing a lot of uh, really great like resources for people, you could have a Substack subscription service and in order to charge for it, you just need to provide value to your readers, which could be you read all the books about anxiety, like using that as an example, you read all the books about your subject matter and um, recap them with it, you know, like, yeah. hey, here's my lived experience. This is what I've been going through. I did this research and this is what I found. Because then 
you're shortcutting the research period for other people, right? Anything mm -hmm. where you add value to their life, save them time, um, make something easier for them is going to help people be willing to pay you for that. Um, so that's one example of how to think about how you might do it. There's also things like, I think one of the best ways to make money in this capacity is to share. So if you're the third type of author, like if you're the third type of expert, which is the one that's like in the trenches and you do a lot of things and you figured some stuff out, mm -hmm. that means you have internal mm -hmm. processes in your business or life that are mm -hmm. also templates and other people would pay you for those templates to save them time. So if you have a content, like, I mean, you and I just got on this podcast and found each other through a bunch of things and filled out a bunch of forms and it worked really well, right? You have a podcast. If you want to share, your, if you want to sell your podcasting, guesting process, here's the workflows, here's the form you need to fill out. Here's the template for this. Someone's going to pay you for that because otherwise they got to go make it themselves and you've just saved them time. So it's worth money. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorite places to do that is templates. Um, obviously, community is another one. I feel like this is one by pointing out the obvious, but I'll say it anyway. Community is another one like people who share. Look, the Internet's done a cool thing. It's been able to put two people on two different continents on the same call and feel like we know each other, mm -hmm. which means anything you're into, there's other people on the planet into that. Sure. Whatever that is. And so creating community for people where they have like a low cost way to connect and do community is uh, a huge way as a creator to make money. One of the coolest things I've seen recently, and I've seen it pop up in a few businesses. I don't run one like this, but I've seen a few pop up is co-working time that you pay for. So it's like come to co-working calls. They have a way of running the co-working calls. It's like $29 a month. So it's low cost for the person in it. But what they're doing is the co-working calls are kind of focused around like say women business coaches. So when you're in that community, not only do you get co-working time, you make friends that are similar to you. You find referral partners. They might be clients for you. They might put you on their podcast. Like it's a great way to connect people and charge low or high ticket prices for it for that matter. That's a cool, cool model or just a cool product or even just in general, a cool thing. And I've, I've never really thought about that as a, like, so you, is that sort of like you, you're all in a sort of similar space or whatever, and you just jump on the call and you kind of just like, it's like a team's meeting with an organization. You're all in teams, you're all doing different things and you're all just chatting at the same time. But for people who are around the world that are maybe entrepreneurs or doing running their own business and don't really have that luxury of having a, a team under them. Yeah, and don't have like, whatever you're gonna pull the community around, it's where's everybody kind of in the same common problem solving. Um, mm. So you could talk about business, like this is a common one. So. You could run one for people who are just getting their first business off the ground. And so you're talking mm -hmm. like, hey, you want to make your first $50,000 this year because everybody kind of has the same problems. They're all in the same space. Yeah. I have another one right now. I am building one with one client and it's all around um, that third part of life for women that are post 50 where we're like, hey, we're not going to be the golden girls. JLo is a little more interesting than, you know, like the post menopause and creating a community mm -hmm. for them. Again, it'll be low ticket ish. So they'll have a community. Um, I have another one that we're building right now with a client that's around grief and grieving. And, you know, like when you're going through something like that, you can't just necessarily walk out and make friends with everybody and like, hey, I'm going through losing someone in my life and I got to start a business again. But this is like you've lost someone in your life and you want to start a business and like start to move through this, come to this community and connect. Yeah. So 
anything where there's sort of like a problem someone's solving that everyone could solve the problem together is a great way to create community and monetize it. Cause basically you, the owner of the community, you're getting paid a little bit to bring together all the people with the same problem. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking of the different types of creators, you know, you've got your, let's say beauty and fashion creators and they all have it. They want to be affiliates and they're like, how do we reach out to brands? And they get into a sort of this community session. Someone sets that up. There's your, they run that business. They get a little bit of a kickback for that, but everybody gets in They brainstorm. How can we reach more brands? How can we, how do we write better pitches? Hey, do you know someone who could connect me with this? I actually need a website, you know, and you brainstorm those little things like every level of creator, doesn't matter where you're at, could, if you, you're sharing in the trenches, what you've learned, your processes, your templates, you're sharing your life, your day in your life, and you want to connect with other creators and figure out what's the best strategy to reach more people, whatever it is, to the professionals who have done years and years of study and research, like there, anyone can probably fit into a community somewhere with like-minded people who all have similar goals and grow together. Yeah. And like, okay, so take that beauty influencer just down the mm. path a little bit. If you're someone who's been in the industry for a while and you've done brand deals with a number of different brands, mm. that means you have contacts at those brands, right? Mm -hmm. You know who to talk to, you know what they're looking for, they, you know about what they pay. You've got like some sort of a black book, which could go in a spreadsheet. Sorry, when I say black book, I mean like old school, like name and, pass, name and uh, email address and contact yeah, yeah, yeah. who's in charge over there. You can charge for that in a community fashion if you want, because once you've done a brand deal with them, you're kind of done, right? But you can move on and give those to other similar people and say, hey, it's kind of like the modern day PR in some ways, like PR companies, which I worked with a lot in the old days is they usually just get paid for their connections. That's what they're getting paid for. But in the mm -hmm. creator world, you can do the same thing in community, on subscription, whatever that looks like by connecting people to those resources that you have. And like, I really like that one. here's how you pitch, you know, here's how you pitch. Try this. Don't try that. Cause like anybody who's done anything for the first few times, you screw it up the yep. first, right? Like you're like, Oh, won't do that again. I, I gave my first, um, I spoke at a university graduation for the first time on Friday yep. and I took copious notes after I was like, man, could I have done that better? So the next time I get asked to speak at a university graduation, I will be much better. Well, everybody's got those things that they go through. Where can you save someone time and shortcode it and create a community around it? Mm. And it's the same with every podcast I've recorded and every piece of content I've ever recorded. I, do you ever have stuff that if you've ever put out content like LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, it pops up like a memory yeah. five, 10 years later and you're like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe I posted that. That is like, I am, you're like, hide that. Nobody can see this ever again. I get like, I, I used, I used to use Snapchat a lot when I was younger, like six years ago, I'm getting memories from like when I was out with friends and stuff. And I'm like, oh no, why did I, why did I think that was a good photo? Like, but that transfers into anything, content creation, you speaking university, myself doing podcasts, like someone doing a webinar, you just got to learn from the experience and it might be cringy and embarrassing, but if you focus on how embarrassing it was and you don't take anything positive from it, well, then you're also going to set yourself up to fail. So it's always like, what did I do really well? What yeah. went really well for me? And also where can I improve next time? That way you don't get stuck in that little bit of self-doubt. Oh, that was embarrassing. Oh my God. They're never going to ask me to come back. Like, there's lots of positives to take from situations like that too, right? Totally. And if you're somebody who's looking at creating a community and monetizing it for yourself, like, Hey, you've yeah. got this skill and you figured out how to do this thing, whatever it might be. 
even if you're like a video editor and you want to teach other video editors how to make $2,000 a month or whatever it is that you're after, like what's, what's something that you've accomplished that you could teach other people and save them time and pain in the neck, headache yeah. to get there. I, I think that's perfect. And I just wanted to come back to the three types of creators because I had a question that has been sort of simmering in my mind and I've got a way to ask it now. So you've got, you know, we talked about the framework of a professional, are you sharing your mess? Are you in the trenches learning things? When you pick your laneway, how does a, then a creator figure out how do I want to be known? Is that, okay, I'm just going to, once you've figured out your sort of archetype of this is what I want to do, then is there an extra part of or extra layer to this is what I want to be known for? Or can you just share anything and everything in that space and then people know you for what they know you for? Do you have to consider that too much? Or is that just kind of put your content out in your laneway and see what sticks? So I think, um, and this is kind of like an unpopular-ish, I don't know, everybody has a different opinion on this. It's like niche, niche, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Like, you know, And I know there's lots of varying opinions on this. This is my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. number one, I think brand comes down to two things. I think brand is super simple. It's how do you want to make people feel all the time? Number one, number two, what do you want to be known for? Cause people can't always explain their feelings, right? Like you might be like, Oh, I feel so warm and fuzzy and da da da, but you don't know what you feel. So the feeling is like this oozy stickiness that you want to just have everywhere, but the word you want to be known for or the like phrase you want to be known for the, if you can be clear about those two things and get them to blend really well, you have the beginning of a really sticky brand. And then in terms of narrowing your focus for a while, mm. my opinion is it kind of depends on where you're at in your life, but if you're just getting started and you want to make some money off of it, you want to turn it into something. Mm -hmm. What is a big enough umbrella that you can put just enough topics underneath it that you can be known for that big thing. So like, and then go and build an audience around that. But the faster you want to build an audience, the more narrow focused you are, the more likely you are to get somewhere. I might not be, I don't know if that's very clear. I can go on with an example if you want. No, I, I completely understand, but I'm, I'd love the example for those uh, creators who are listening, who might not be quite sure. Yeah. So if you're thinking about something like, okay, I want to have everybody feel warm and accepted. Like that's, and this is actually just my thing. Like my thing is I really want everyone to feel accepted. We don't have to agree, but I want you to know you're valued as a person. That's really important to me. So I listen really intently and I tell all my staff and everyone, I'm like, you know what? Like, even if we don't agree with what they're saying, at least listen to understand and be accepted. So you want everybody to feel accepted. Then let's say that you really want to be known for, um, leadership and you want those two things together. So now you've got this accepted leadership thing. Well, that's still a pretty big umbrella, right? It's a great brand. It's going to be something you can build on for a long time. But leadership when you're 25 years old is very different than leadership when you're 85 years old. Like you look at someone like John Maxwell, who's been teaching leadership for longer than I've been alive. Like he's going to have a very different framework on it than someone who's like learning to lead right out of university and like getting into their first job and learning leadership. So that's when I think you take your brand is you want to be known for leadership and making people feel accepted underneath that is where you then want to kind of like narrow it into where can I have authority in that space? So that's where you can kind of narrow it down a little bit. And I do think you should give yourself some space to be like, can I commit to something for a few years? Actually, my year is 10 years. This is my new thing. I'm like, Hey, what can you commit to for 10 years? Cause 
if you can be excited about something for 10 years, you can keep doing it. For sure. Uh, I really resonate with that. And let's like use that 10 years to flip the clock back. So let's go 10 years plus. We've talked about right now, you know, building brand, how to monetize that brand and all the different ways that you can do that now. How hard was it for someone who was an ideas person, a creative to monetize their ideas, say, right when you were starting in the space? It was so much harder. <laughs> First of all, you had like, the equipment was way more money, right? Like, I mean, I'm filming on a camera that was that. It's a great camera and I think it was $120 or $140. Like there's some great equipment for under 200 bucks for cameras and things. So years ago, equipment was way harder. Furthermore, everything looked like you were a hostage in a basement somewhere because it was <laughs> terrible. Like, you remember Gary V when he first started? You're like, are you yeah. okay? Or is someone going to yeah. cut off your, you know, <laughs> gun to your head behind the scenes? Oh, like, that's so funny. So first of all, like the equipment's gotten better. Lighting's gotten better. We all have great phones in our pockets that have amazing cameras and sounds and things on them. That's number one. Number two, the apps are better. It's easier to edit sort of things, you know, like, and like, and there's apps, if you're not really sure on how great you are in writing, there's a tool that'll help you. Like, you know, um, I love Grammarly. I love Hemingway app. I love, um, there's another one I run things through sometimes, but like all those different ways of like, you know, obviously chat GPT, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They can help you with those sorts of things. There's a headline analyzer. If you're like, I don't really know how to write great headlines. Well, I'll start with one and it'll give you different ones. So I just think it's gotten way easier. Um, what's funny is in that glut of stuff i think this is like in the glut of how easy it's gotten there's also a lot of garbage content thing right mm -hmm. which just goes with all ears falling silent on it and if you really want to create great content having some strategy and some authenticity behind it i actually think that's gotten easier also because there's so much garbage out there it's easier to stand out if you're willing to be quality i love that we've got the parallel between how hard it was to how good we have it now as creative people who want to monetize their ideas and really it's it just feels like anyone can be a creator or be a creative person share their ideas online and make a following make a living and just do it now it's it's not no there's not really many barriers to entry once you have a smartphone as soon as you've got one of these it's opens up a, an endless possibility of career paths to you to however you want to take it and i just wanted to and you Apologies to everyone listening to this. You might hear my puppy going absolutely ballistic in the background. <laughs> uh, but I just want to speak to, do you ha is there any like monetization things you're seeing that are emerging right now that many people not, might not know about, like new things that are coming out that might help creators uh, sort of get a handle on things or just stay in, to stay in the know? I don't know if this is new, but I'm definitely seeing a curation in the world that I work in. Like I work with a yeah. lot of co like nonfiction authors, right? So a lot of people who are coaches or they're building communities, they're monetizing off of some sort of information that they have. I'm definitely seeing a divide between like, you'll hear things like, oh, build a course on chat GPT in five days and launch it. And we'll write you a sales page. And like, I don't, that's not making, I do not know anybody making money off that. The only people I know making money off that is the ones selling you the, how to do it. You know, yeah. and like, but nobody's making money off the course on the other side. What I am seeing emerge and that I'm super excited about is people who genuinely care about their audience and they want to create an amazing experience for people. And they are like showing up because they're passionate about something and they're willing to like do the investment work. And it's just so refreshing to have that depth 
that I'm seeing a lot of people succeed with that. And you don't need a huge audience to do that. You know, I, I am seeing people like clients that are making six figures a year on a regular basis with really small followings with like 4,000 people in their audience, not that big of a fault, you know, not hundreds of thousands, but they have a strategy, they have a skill, they know what they're doing, they know how to attract properly and they're making multiple six figures a year or up to seven figures. I mean, seven, you're a little, a little bit bigger, but still it's not a huge audience. You know, mm. meanwhile, I've done brand deals or I've worked with people who are like, oh, wow, they have 500,000 followers and they're not making any money, you know? So I think what's exciting about what's emerging is that you don't have to have the whole world following you. You just need the right people and the right strategy and the right monetization. Yeah. And the right people will come when you understand the, the space, the way you want to present your content. You know, yeah. Are you in the trenches? Are you going to share your life? Are you a professional? Once you can figure out that, then you can attract the right people and make sure you're like, you know, excited about what you're talking about. Don't talk about things that you don't really are not interested in. Don't put, I, I would, I would like to say as my opinion, don't put content out that you're forcing yourself to put out. If yeah. you don't really enjoy that, it'll burn you out quicker than you ever think you could. And then you're going to take on a break and you're going to go, I want to create content, but I just don't know what to create anymore. Come back, re-listen to this episode, I think is a good place to start. Just to that, like. If you're not sure, if it's like, oh, these two talk like they're knowing what they're doing, right? Or like, oh, I get like, if you're not sure and it doesn't feel black and white, test a few things. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that fool around and figure it out face and just test. Like you said, you put out one piece of work and another piece of work and the audience will tell you what they like and they don't. So mm. if you need a little testing phase, just put yourself in like a little testing Petri dish and test and then make decisions and move forward. But, you know, but do make decisions at some point and move forward. Yeah. I agree. Andrea, thank you so much for, for sharing everything here today on this podcast, a big thing or everything from brands discovering your sort of your identity and the way to find a narrow your focus, plus all the amazing tips and tricks to monetize like this. I'm sure there is a lot more than that, but you've given every creator who will listen to this a good place to start and some things to think about going forward and how to you know build a good solid community and build a bunch of super fans Thanks for who tuning really will resonate the with their content as well. The podcast creators, creator if you're listening to this, don't forget to join Creatorland so today and connect so with like-minded professionals and creators in the creator so, Andrew, economy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was nice being here. It's a pleasure.